Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy, and I am joined on this edition with another new face in Scottish wrestling. He's the messenger of the Red Tree, is Redfield. Welcome to the show. Thanks for me, Dolly. I'm, I'm very excited for this one. You're, you're, a, you're a guy that I've seen around the Scottish wrestling scene on social media for a long time. So the fact that you actually have went and done the wrestling uh, gives you gives me a good excuse to get you on the show as well. So it's I'm sure we've got yeah. plenty yeah, of work I mean, <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, like you said, like I've, you know, I went to went to all the shows for for years, really, um, as a fan, um, and I'm not getting any younger. Um, so a couple of years ago, I just thought, why not? <laughs> let's let's jump into it. Let's give it a go. Worst that can happen is a you know, uh, it's not for me, but at least I can then walk away and say, well, you know what, I tried that. Um, and that's, that's something put to bed. But as it turns out, it's something I've had a lot of fun doing for the last two and a bit years. So still here, still still at training whenever I can be. Still, you know, just racking up the, the reps in the ring when I can. We'll get back to that part of the journey because we always go right back to the start when, when I get a guest on for the first time uh, with the most cliche wrestling question in podcasting history. Uh, what got you into pro wrestling? So what was the what was your first memories and what got you hooked on this weird so, sport? Yeah, so the first match that I have like any like a vague rec- recollection of, of, of watching it was Papa Shango versus someone I want to say, I want to say it was Hogan or something like that, right? Um, and it was just like I seen it on the T it must have been on TV at like a restaurant or like a spins or something, wherever it was, as a as a like, you know, knee high. And I was just like captivated by it. And then we didn't have Sky or anything at that point, uh at home. So never really got any more into it until maybe about ninety five, ninety six, um, which is when I came back round into it. Um and even then, like I got into WWF for a bit. Um but I was really actually more into WCW around about that time. Um, I used to stay at my grand's who didn't have Sky Sports, but she did have Cartoon Network, which on Friday nights at 9pm turned into TNT, which gave you, uh, you know, Nitro and then Thunder afterwards as a double bill if you were caught in for punishment. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I kind of like, my sort of earliest real memories of uh, wrestling, you know, uh, of actively enjoying it would be sort of WCW around uh, about just before the rise of the NWO, to be honest. It's weird. Oh, this, this, oh. oh, yeah, your sound went there. You're back, you're back. It's fine. Sorry. Sorry. Um, this, this weird thing with the, the team, I think I just didn't have any wrestling friends when I was growing up because everyone goes on about this team, the Cartoon Network over to TNT. I never even found out about this until like it was all dead and gone and it was it was finished. And I yeah. think. But yeah, I, I missed out on all that. My, my WWF watching was was Channel Four Heat. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was that was that's all I got. <laughs> well, you got you got Worldwide on Channel Five. Yes, was, of course. It, it was about two months behind. So at the rate they changed over titles in WCW, you'd be watching Hogan beat a uh, Macho Man for the title in '99. And it's like at that point, like Arquette was the champion or Russo was the champion. So uh, it was a bit, a bit of a delay there. Um, and that, that also had the really goofy thing where it would block the the foreign object shots with like a big yeah. comedy Batman pow. Um, so yeah, that was, yeah, WCW was my jam. I, I watched uh, so much of it. And, and looking back, like I did, like when the network hit and we were getting all of that 
re-uploaded again. I was watching the back, went, how did I sit through like three hour uh, WCW Nitros in 99? Um, some some good matches on there, but oh my God, there's a show, they were just, it was chaotic, man. It was chaotic. Yeah, well, like you're saying, I got him for punishment, but yeah, that that's 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 the weird thing. Even now, going back, and I mean, I I, I was quite lucky. I got it right into the Arch era, into and I love reckless, uh, reckless, uh, ruthless aggression. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a reckless intent. That's just my Scottish wrestling brain going. Uh, ruthless aggression and and all that kind of stuff. So I was just all in, and I I don't know how I stayed up for Raws and that because I can't do that now. And oh. I, I think about it now, I think how did I do it then? Because pay-per-views, I'm just about managing. I mean, this is, what, the week after Royal Rumble. Um, so I'm still catching up on sleep, and we're recording on a Wednesday. Right. <laughs> I just, I, I can't do it. I just have to get my sleep and then stay off social media and watch it the next day. Because um, I've, I've tried it. Like, um, we tried to stay up. My partner is not a wrestling fan at all. Um, but he will, like, he came to watch my first match. And... Um, Obviously, Drew was, uh, you know, in the it was it was challenging for the title at Mania, so I was like, oh, come on, like, like Scotland, you know, Scotland. Um, so um, we got to about, you know, he opened the show obviously after the the uh, the the rain the rain check there. We got to the end of that match, and we, I think we watched the Divas match afterwards. Sorry, not Divas, they're not Divas anymore, are they? Um, not. The Divas era's coming back. Um, you know that's that's Ashley Vega's gimmick, so I'll stay away from that. But um, yeah, we got through the, the sort of the, I think it was the women's tag battle royal, and we were just tired, just too tired. Like two two men in their thirties that just cannot stay up past midnight anymore. <laughs> uh, I've I've hung on. But, I mean, for yourself, you you're actually maybe going to an office the next day, or actually going to a workplace with humans. Uh, I don't. This is this is my office, and this is where I work yeah. now. So I I can just like wake up at. 10 to 9 and plonk myself down here looking like utter shit and it's absolutely fine but no the WrestleMania that was particularly hard I've never watched a show where I was hearing the birds chirp as I was going to bed and I was like this is the first time that's ever happened to me and I don't like it yeah I've I've had a few times with that WrestleMania mostly um, because those shows run long (laughs) they run too long for me now I, I, I like that they're split over two days now Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a thing they're going to continue because um, as much as I've fallen off watching WWE now um, I still watch now and again like I'll watch the Rumble I'll watch Mania you know if I see you know someone like uh, some, someone like Dewdrop or or, or or Drew or or, or, or Nikki or Kaylee Ray you know some someone one of the sort of the home the homegrown lads or lassies that you, you root for I'll, I'll, I'll make a point to, to try and watch their stuff Um but I, I just can't do the live shows anymore unless unless I'm totally prepared for it and take a couple of days off because otherwise I'm not going to be any use to anyone. First year in, in a while that I've actually remembered to take the Monday after WrestleMania off because I haven't in the past and I absolutely regret it every time. Uh, but no, this isn't this isn't current. This isn't about just wrestling willy nilly. This is about your this is your interview. I'm interviewing you. Not we're not, we're not just talking about what's going on in the world of of. Other wrestling. Um, so, who's your favourites growing up then? Favourites growing up, uh, Sting, uh, firstly. Um, like from, uh, you know, Surfer Sting to, uh, you know, Crow Sting to uh, Joker Sting to, you know, even the Sting we've got now in AEW where he still knows what to do. Like, if I'm moving like that at his age, 
doing like like he's still like doing dives off stages. Um, the guy's just for me is a complete package. Um, so uh, definitely Sting, DDP as well. Um, big Goldberg mark as well. You know all all, all the big good guys. Like I love love Stone Cold obviously, The Rock. Um, always had a soft spot for X Pac as well. Um, I couldn't understand why he was getting booed. It really upset me. Um, but uh, yeah, the, you know, um, gravitated to guys like that. Um, yeah, you know, it'd be easy for me to say to sit here and say, oh, you know, I, I love Dean Malenko and I, I loved, I love Finn Fit Finlay and, and William Regal. And I do love them now. Going back watching them, and I've got a, a, a better appreciation for what they do. But as a kid, I was drawn to you know, like like the big characters like Sting, DDP. Love them. My my example for that for that exact point is um I I didn't get my first like one of my first tapes I got was uh, that's VHS kids you had to re rewind them yourself oh, um, yeah. was uh, Royal Rumble '94 and I started watching oh, yeah. in '99 so this is this is a big difference and uh, I, I was I saw uh, the the Quebecers that's who they were <laughs> yes and I thought I don't like this I don't like them uh, but I was like 13 at the time when I saw this. Mm -hmm. And then when I went back and watched, mainly through OSW Review, primarily, went back and watched these. Went, God, the Quebecers are amazing. They were just perfect. They did the Rougeaux as well. They just they did everything they needed to do, spot on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it's yeah, growing up like you're saying at the time, big characters is what you're after. But now, I suppose now you've watched enough wrestling, you can you can kind of dissect and and now that you're actually training uh, to be a wrestler as well. Uh, you can you can appreciate all the little fundamentals, little movements, little here and there's. Uh, that, that yeah, well. there, yeah. There's there's more. It, it's kind of like um, I would imagine if you started studying, uh, like uh, my partner did uh, film uh, at college. I forget exactly what it was, but it's like you know behind the the sort of the camera style thing, and it sort of ruins movies for him now because he's watching it, being like, ah, I've done that, I've done that, and I've done that. So it, it's the same when you're training. Uh, and you and you see someone do something, you're like, oh, he's doing that because of that, and that makes sense because of that. So it it, give, it does give you like an extra layer that you're you're watching it like that you didn't really think of before. And then there's the other party that's going, oh, I could steal that, I could steal that. Um, yeah, no, it's um, as it it's um, aye, there's the, the the difference in the wrestlers I like now and the differences uh, the wrestlers I liked when I was growing up or like night and day. Apart from Sting, Sting still number one so things days uh so, so yeah so you, you said that like round about star of our chat there that uh you finally got to a point of actually just going for it so well again rewind a little bit how did you get introduced to the local wrestling scene then so um because you, you were quite a, a you were you were there you were quite a few shows uh scottish yeah, wrestling, yeah. I don't know, british whatever but how did you get introduced to the local scene so it was it was kind of weird um because i'd always liked um i was a bit of a uh, sort of American indie, sort of, I guess you would have called me like a message board smart, I guess. Um, so I saw that uh, Colt Cabana was doing his Art of Wrestling in Edinburgh, big Colt Cabana fan. Um, and I seen that he was actually wrestling on a show afterwards in Edinburgh. Um, so me and my, my partner at the time, uh, we got tickets to go see Colt. Um, you know, got to, got to, and we were like, well, there's a show afterwards where we get to see him wrestle, plus there's um, these guys that we've seen on, you know, on, on TV, uh, you know, you know, like Sagredo, uh, Jester, etc., and um, you know everyone else that was on uh, Fight Club. Um, we just sort of went. Um, 
we just really enjoyed the show. Uh, there was just some cracking matches on there. Um, we had, um, I think the, the one that sold it for me, uh, we had the Sumerian Death Squad versus Polo Promotions. And I'm, I'm, I was, we were literally sitting there in this, you know, sweaty nightclub in Edinburgh that was packed, absolutely packed, with folk who were just so invested in what was going on in the ring. And we're like, how has this been on our doorstep? And we didn't realise that. Um, so that's how I got used, to, got introduced to you know the Polos, uh, who quickly became one of my favourite, if not my favourite team. And you know, Tommy End, obviously, who's well, you see where he is right now, you know. So yeah, from there it was like right, well, the, and obviously they were promoting Fear and Loathing for there, so we went to that, and then it was just like every show we would get to, we were just there. We start and then started branching out into you know like Source Discovery, anywhere that you know we're like, well, I've got a day off, I've got a car. I'm just going to go, you know. So, that's that. That's the thing. I think Cole Cabana's got a lot to, to I was going to say to blame, to to be, to to do with the actual boom in British wrestling, or certainly in Scotland anyway, because that exact point of, uh, I don't know if you're on UKFF or whatever other message board there was, um, again, something I literally discovered like way later than, everyone, than all the controversy, way past all the, uh, the tours and the the yeah. Paul Nash and Waltman thing, um, but no, it's it's it, it, Cabana is really is the, the, the kind of the guy who opened the gate for a lot of fans to go see Scottish wrestling. Uh, I mean, for myself, of course, I was I was more up, up north, so my first show was like Perth and seeing like because Roddy Piper was there, I had to see Roddy Piper. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as as far as like the, like you saying the American indie style, it was called Cabana, um, in in. Like I say, it snowballed from there, and you went to see just about everything you can get your get to. Uh, yeah. Any particular highlights? Any particular moments that you, that you had that maybe even uh, in some way helped towards you actually going to try it yourself? So I remember going to. Um, so the, the one thing I can think of is I, I went to Discovery Wrestling Show in sort of mid two thousand and nineteen. And just as a little bit of a backstory, um, when I first started going to shows, um, when I first started, and like before I, I really started training, I was maybe seven, between seven and a half and eight stone. I wasn't a heavy guy. Um, so in sort of 2018, I'd started properly working out, getting a proper regimen because it wasn't healthy and I was trying to get, you know, a bit of, bit of meat on the old bones. Um, and I went to Joe Henry used to do like a sort of live podcast. I don't know if he's I'm assuming he doesn't do things do it in the, the COVID era, but he certainly used to. Um and that's when he, he announced that he was starting his own wrestling school. Um and he, he basically it, he sort of put the question to everyone in the room that you know had thought about it, like what have you got to lose really? Um, you know, the reasons that you are suggesting for not being able to do it, like you know there's a way around them so for me you know I, I always thought well I'm too old now I'm, I'm too small that sort of thing um but looking on it I thought well why not and I didn't wind up um wind up not not, not going with Joe's school for basically it was based in Edinburgh I'm based in Fife I couldn't wrangle them up with my work basically but then Andy opened up FBWA and that's where I was like oh well I can make it here and you know and you know Andy is one of the he's been doing it for what 15 16 years now he's one of the like the most accomplished uh technical wrestlers they say heavyweight wrestlers but he's, he's one he's one of the best sort of grapplers I've ever seen 
And I don't know if he gets enough due for that because it because he's he's known as a powerhouse, I think. Um, and but the man's pure wrestling is second to none. FPWA. So when did when you saw it was open? Were you one of the first names in that first induction period, or or did you yeah. hesitate a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it opened in October 2019, I believe it was. Um, as soon as I seen that, um, seen there was a school in Fife that was sort of, it wasn't, I, I believe it was like it wasn't under the GPWA banner, but they were affiliated. Um, and the quality of coaches that you know they've got there, I was immediately interested. So, um, emailed emailed Andy, got you know got the details, and it was you know there was a class, I don't know how many it was, maybe 20, 30, however many it was, um, and yeah, I was the one of the first sort of. Uh, uh, intake there. Um, I'm, I'm still there with a, with a lot of the guys and girls as well. It's like say Andy Wilde, of course, uh, being his, his reputation is second to none, really, uh, between uh, the UK scene, NXT UK popping up there and just being a widely respected wrestler. Um, you also had Coach Stu. Who, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Who, if, you're, if you're in Fife, then you probably would have seen uh, Johnny Lyons a good few times uh, for WPL <laughs> or Discovery Wrestling and uh, just the intensity that is Johnny Lyons. So yeah, so um, the, I've actually forgot a show that I went to first um, before I, I wound up going everywhere. I ended up going to an SWE show in Dundee, oh, God. Um, oh, and that was <laughs> that was oh, that was that was back in like twenty ten or twenty eleven. And Stu was actually on that show teaming with someone. Uh, it turns out so yeah, like Stu's enthusiasm is it's it's infectious. Um, He's just, and he's so driven as well. Um, uh, yeah. oh, and he, he's just such a good coach. He's so patient. He knows what he wants to you to take away from that, and he's he's very sort of good at getting that across. As as is Andy. So, yeah. doesn't mince his words. Does uh, yeah. does Johnny Lyons? I'm getting. I guess Coach Stu is exactly the same. Uh, I don't think there's much difference between. No, <laughs> no, no, not at all. So, uh, would you say you felt like you're too old? How many times did you get the old uh, Batista did it? This DDP did it? This? Did you get that quite often as not, your as reasonings? Not really, because to be honest with you, usually when I tell people how old I am, they sort of do a double take and they're like, "What?" <laughs> so, because uh, I'm I'm aware I'm, I'm sort of cursed with a baby face. Um, so, uh, it, it was reasonings I gave myself. Like DDP was, I believe he was three years older than I am now when he started wrestling. I believe he didn't start till he was thirty-eight. Um, so, you know, and and look at how wildly successful he was, even you know, away from um, away from a uh, wrestling. Even he's a uh, he's made his own um, you know, his own empire basically. Uh, Batista, same thing. Dude's you know, he got into a bit older, but. You know, you can't deny the impact they had. Um, granted, there are some slight differences in my physique and Dave Batista's, ever so slightly. Um, but, um, you know, he was no, there were guys who were older. And I, I think, especially if you're taking care of yourself, I, I feel like, you, you know, the whole, um, well, if you're in your 30s, you're too old for it. I feel like that is starting to end now because you've got guys like, like, like AJ Styles, Finn, Finn Balor, who are, you know, they're sort of mid to late thirties as well, and you wouldn't accuse them of being too old, you know. So it's it's sort of strange. I'm not saying that they're all like kind of older people, but I noticed like 
especially FPWA. Again, it's a lot more familiar faces that I've seen around sure. the, the scene. So I'm just like, why, why didn't they try it before? Why didn't? And there's always a multitude of reasons. Was it? I think we already mentioned just the reputation Andy has, but was that your real kind of? It's Andy Wild. I've at least got to give it one try. Yeah, yeah. Like, and 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 I don't mean that as any sort of slight on Joe Hendry at all, because I would have been more than happy training under under Joe, because Joe's a fantastic, like, accomplished wrestler, you know, professional and amateur. Um, but obviously, with you know everything lining up the way it did with uh, with FPWA being, you know close to what where I was working at the time it was easier for me to sort of get there um and work around my, my sort of work schedule um and then get home at a decent time to be back at work in the office for nine o'clock the next day um so yeah and then when I seen it was Andy I was like well we, we know we're in safe hands you know it's not like it's not like this this place has been opened up as a cash grab and that because that, that's that's a genuinely the furthest thing from from Andy's mind um Everyone sees Andy Wilde, the the sort of wrestler, the performer, who is phenomenal. But Andy, the the coach, is one of the most patient and sort of friendly uh, guys you could meet. Um, he's just he, and the knowledge that he brings as well. Um, it's like no two training sessions are the same. Um, every week we're doing something totally different, something that um, maybe wouldn't have thought that I'd be able to do. Uh, but you know. Andy and, and all the, the lads and lasses there are just so encouraging. Um, it's just such a great atmosphere, to be honest. And um, yeah, uh, it was it was definitely a factor in my, my decision to sort of go with Andy anyway. So um, you started said October nineteen ish as when you, when you made yeah. your start. What was that first session like? I mean, I'm assuming again from all past chats I've had, you you're not in the ring your first day. It's kind of just your cardio, cardio, getting a feel for what it is. But what was the first couple of sessions like? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, um, we were it, it was fundamentals first because there's no point, um, sort of jumping into a ring and then trying, you know, trying like a hurricane run. I'm saying hurricane run, like I've ever done a hurricane run, but you know, I mean, there's no point trying something like something like that. It's so it's very much uh, fundamentals, um, you know, uh, you know, rolls, bumps, being able to, you know, safely control yourself when you're falling, which is probably the it's one of the most important things uh, when you are wrestling um, that you've learned. And uh, so between that, you know, your rules as well, just general body control, making sure that you can keep yourself safe, um, you know, when your body's moving. And then gradually, obviously, we were, we were adding the other moving part, which was people into that, you know, other people um, and working around that. So it, it was a slow build up. Um, not that slow, because to be honest, we, we, we did pick it up. Uh, sort of not 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 rapidly but you know we got there and then we started you know like running a few drills with other people and um, it's, it's just building up your confidence to know that you know I know I know what I need to do here I know the person I'm with there is going to be where I need them to be that sort of thing um so yeah um it, it was a bit daunting as far as um cardio goes like I've always considered myself quite fit like I um I trained in taekwondo for about 20 years um uh which had there was a quite a large break between uh, me not training and starting at FPWA um so my cardio was okay but it was not uh wrestling good <laughs> so I quickly learned that there's a difference between you know I ah, know I can I can go for a run no problem and 
I can, you know, do a two and a half hour wrestling training session. Um, but that comes with reps and that's what, that's why we're there, you know, two, three, however many times a week, uh, just to try and get your fitness up for that. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's something that Andy's really good uh, sort of instilling in us that we're cardio, where our cardio needs to be. Do you find that, like, as someone who's watched wrestling for so long, that, that you kind of had it in your head, oh, this is how it's done, this is this is the movement I need to make, uh, and Andy would, would have turned to you and went, no, that's not how it's done. <laughs> the thing was, was there any, like, you, you thought, you, not that you thought you knew how to do it, but was there any, like, like oh, I can do this. So, the only thing I can really think of with that is, it's um, the way, like, little things like the way your body has to turn, the, the, like the direction your body has to turn. Um, there's a really good, um, you, you've probably seen it yourself, it was WWE Breaking Ground it was, um, and there was this clip on it where William Regal chews them, he chews them all out because they're stepping forward with the wrong foot. And it's like, you're, maybe as a fan, you're sitting there watching being like, well, why is, why is he so insistent that it has to be that foot? And then, as like, but then when you're actually in training and it's explained to you, well, it used to be this reason for this reason, and you go, ah, right, okay, because um, I, I sort of went into it with the notion of like, I don't know anything, like I'm like I'm I'm green as goose shit, uh, pardon the expression there, um, and if Andy says you know jump, it's like well how high, you know, um, so if he's if he's telling me to do something, he's telling me to do something for a reason. So I'm gonna listen because I don't want I don't want to hurt myself, but more importantly, I don't want to hurt anyone else. Um, so that's you, you just take everything that, that him, Stu, or whoever it is, because we've had a few sort of guests and uh, whoever it is is telling us to to sort of go, uh, we do that. So five min five months into training, you know everything going well, getting everything you need to do. Covid, yeah. uh, Covid arrives. So that was this. You're already kind of on the back foot because, again, you think you're too old to start this, and now that you're getting time taken away from you, not because of anything you've done, it's not your fault. You weren't there biting bats, wherever whatever happened to get to this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, was, was was your initial thought? Did you have any thoughts of, well, this is it, this is never going to happen? Or, um, I suppose at that point, we didn't know how bad it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, because we were taking it back, like, because I, I was like, uh, initially, like, oh, a month and we'll be fine. Ah, uh, two months will be fine, and then by about uh, sort of June, July, I was like, "Oh, this is this is serious," um, and this is where like we really have to give credit to to Andy. I, I know um, a few of the guys you've you've had on from FBW have already sort of sung his praises this way, but Andy, Hannah, uh, Stu, they all they were like they organised sort of uh, when we were supposed to be training, we would have a Zoom call, and it might have been like we were doing a sort of cardio workout as a class one day or he would have you know we would be talking you know match structure or, or or sort of looking over a match or he would get someone like um like sam gradwell or or king kings of the north or, or even you know viper um stevie boy it, like he would get these you know um really knowledgeable really experienced really talented uh you know wrestlers on to, to have a chat with us nick aldous even how could i forget nick aldous um You'd have these guys on who would who and they were all so friendly, so you know, open for question questions. Um, uh, the, uh, and Andy just was so good about you know sort of keeping us learning, even though we couldn't physically get in there. Um, so it was a bit disheartening. Um, 
you know, because you're because you get that where you, you just you want to go to the gym or you or, or you want to you know roll you know roll around grapple a bit and you can't. Um, all you can do is um, use the sort <laughs> the the really the the cheap weights that you bought off of uh, some dodgy website, you know, um, and uh, yeah, it was it, it was a bit of a test. There was a, there was a bit of a of like. Is the scene even going to need me? Like, like, am I am I going to be sort of superfluous at that point? And um, yeah, um, I'm glad I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I stuck stuck with it. Um, I, I, like, I don't think there was any serious uh, sort of ideas of quitting, but it was a bit of a you know for everyone, like not like not just me. Like, it's, it's been it's been a couple of dark years that we're slowly slowly edging our way out of now, and it's just it's just good to finally be back in there. Uh, and you know we're not only training, but we we you know we had a we had a whole showcase. Um, so we did well. We'll we will get to the showcase. I, I, that that was a guarantee for this for this interview. Uh, but we'll we'll kind of I'm try, you know I try to keep it on a timeline order. I often tangent and just go wildly off it, but uh, I'm getting better actually just keeping a timeline of where we're at, just so it keeps everything right for people listening. Um, like I say, we could go to the next subject, right? And I could talk about TNA. Would that be us for another half hour or nothing? Absolutely. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so um, with the like I say, so Andy kept that that uh, routine. You still had your like yeah. once a week or, or whatever, two times, three times a week, and you yeah. keep you kind of active mentally, even though you can't really do much uh, physically. Um, did you take your time? What else did you do? Did you take your time to revisit um, old shows that you'd watched again? Have that kind of extra layer now? Was there anything you, you kind of picked up again? I actually fell out of love with wrestling a lot around about that time, to be honest. Um, and I feel like um, I wasn't the only one to do that. And the sort of the pandemic era shows, they weren't... The performers were doing everything they could and you can't fault them. Like, Big Drew carried a show with no crowd for a year. Um, and I don't think he's got his flowers for that yet. And it's a damn shame because that man did everything he could to keep a show interest and to be the face of a company that a touring company that wasn't touring and he was doing his absolute best to keep that going um but I, for me i always feel like if i'm watching wrestling i always need a crowd to be involved i need a crowd to be reacting to what's going on and it's there's just something fundamentally odd about watching a big spot to silence it's so odd to me um, so I fell out of love a wee bit. I took a step back um, and I, d I didn't completely stop watching, but I did sort of cut down what I was watching. And I did, um, I tried to go back and watch some of the matches that like really, like, you, you know, the matches that when you watch them, you get goosebumps and you start like, you, like even though you know the outcome, you're like, <clears throat> yeah. So, um, you know, stuff like Sting versus Vader. Um, it was one of my, I forget if it's the uh, first or the second one. Uh, you know, Shawn Michaels versus Triple H for 2002 was Shawn's comeback match. That one just gets me going, like, gets me, like, marking out all the time. Um, so it was more, yeah, it was more sort of revisiting what made me love wrestling in the first place to try and get back in the headspace to be like, well, I need, I need to, I, I need to really enjoy, enjoy watching it to enjoy doing it. Um, and it, it took a while, but we got, we got there eventually. Yeah, I'm speaking of that kind of matches. Undertaker, Jeff Hardy, ladder match from Raw. Oh, yeah. That's always my go-to. If I'm if if I'm thinking, uh, I don't know what I want to watch, I'll put that on. 
or TLC or something like you know, Jeff, I'm a Hardy, big Hardy Boy fan, so that's oh, yeah. probably oh, yeah. why. Um, so like I say, round about during all this kind of stuff that was going on, um, yourself and Connie, I was I spotted constantly on, on my Twitter, <laughs> constantly talking about TNA. So I want to speak about how you got into TNA, how how what what drew you to, to total non stop action wrestling? So um, there is actually, I, I can remember the first time I've seen this. Um, so I'll, everyone's going to have to cast their minds back to like a time before internet. Okay. Well, not, not before internet, but before you had all the information available at your fingertips the way you do now. So if someone disappeared, so someone disappears from the WWE now, you immediately know. Like Shane, Shane McMahon has a, apparently left WWE. We probably knew about it before he did. <laughs> um, so a guy would disappear from the WWE roster and then maybe like two months later you go, I wonder what, what happened to Road Dog? Or, huh, what what happened to what happened to Billy Gunn? Um so I was flicking through the channels one uh one year, uh, I believe it was it must have been like two thousand and three or something, and I found the wrestling channel. Um, which had some had some really like sort of old WWF from the vault. It had old uh, Japan stuff. It had uh, ROH stuff, which was very interesting to me. Um, because I, the very first uh, Ring of Honor match I remember watching was uh, AJ Styles versus the American Dragon. Uh, like not Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, which was well, pardon the pun, phenomenal. Um, but there was also something that they ran called TNA Classic. Now, TNA Classic was only 2002. It was only the year prior. But I remember watching it, and it, it was just this mad show where, where Vince Russo was coming out and army fatigues kidnapping Jeff Jarrett. And I'm like, all right, okay. Okay, you've got me. You've got me. Show me more. Um, so I just sort of grew from there. It was just a company that I always followed. Um and as well as you know, as well as the, the sort of the mad um, Vince Russo stuff, sports entertainment extreme. You, you also had um, you had guys like Styles, uh, Daniels, Joe, Loki, um, you know, Austin Aries initially, and then when they brought him back later, um, you know, these super more city machine guns, these these infinitely talented guys just doing these ridiculous. So, like spots that still hold up to this day. Like you go back and watch the uh, the Triple X uh, versus uh, was it America's Most Wanted? I want to say the the, the, the cage. Yeah, the six sides oh. of steel. Like that match still holds up. Like the the Elix Skipper off the off the top of the cage is unreal. Um, so it was it was it was just that nice mix. And you know, I went I, I did go back and I watched the uh, 2002 NWA pay per view not too long ago. Uh, the first one, actually, <laughs> and I was sort of cringing all the way through it. To be honest, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't a great show, um, but it had that appeal. It, it, it was trying to it was trying to be like, well, remember when wrestling was this? We're like that, but not quite as good. And also, we've got Jeff Jarrett and Scott Hall and Mister Perfect. And I was like, all right, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, uh, that 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 six sides of steel is. Yeah, that was phenomenal. I, I've, that was one of the few times I actually put down my money and bought it on DVD because they're two disc DVDs, yeah. and yeah. I've got it's not in this house. It's at my, my folks because uh, they've got like a box of like three hundred DVDs that I've just not taken into this house. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it was just that was a bit of fell in love. When we were speaking about the great names, of course, uh, like likes of Pete Williams as well, Amazing Red. Williams. You could you could uh, 
we could just be all here, just be here all day, yeah. just think the names above average, Mike Saunders, you know, the best ones. Uh, Hawk, yeah. Apparently, uh, the, apparently, Mike Saunders, he's a he's a party paramedic now. That's that's his that's his gig. Um, oh, that's, that's so pays the bills. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's that's things you learn. Uh, this is not just a, an interview podcast; educational as well. Um, exactly. So yeah, so like you mentioned, all those guys, but um, you in Austin Aries come back to Austin Star for their amazing uh, paparazzi uh, oh, yes. series that with uh, Kevin Nash and. It's, you're right. It's, it's like going. I love the wrestling channel. I love the the absolute madness of the advertisements for like Fusion Thunder Liger and and uh, and. I, I remember they, they used they used to run like a five minute like 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 no joke a five minute like like vignette for like as an advert for Curry Man. Yeah. Didn't tell you where you could see him wrestle or anything like that. It was just it was just five minutes of a, a Curry Man. Uh, doing his thing, and you're like, "All right, okay." Um, it was even better. It was just started with the "He's hot, he's spicy, tastes great." Curry man, and then just did his theme for that whole time. Yeah. And it was, it is just yeah. de- 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 the whole time. <laughs> you just watch it going. Yeah, it was, it was unreal. Yeah. Uh, t- Team Shag be another uh, big favorite. Oh yeah, adverts. Cole Cabana and is Darren Burridge. I'm not going to oh, Google it. I don't think my work's going to enjoy me uh, Googling Team Shag. Yeah, don't, 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 <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Um, but no, so, so TNA were able to go back and cause I know some of them have, have some of their pay-per-views on or premium live events, whatever they're called now. Um, they're on YouTube because I remember going back and watching like Sacrifice and and like say the first pay-per-views on there as well um, with such classics as, yeah, they, did they have little people on it? Yeah, yeah, they had a uh... Um, and, and, and this is his, his full name. He was a uh, puppet, the psycho dwarf. That's it. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, passed sadly last year. Um, I was I was told. Um, who, if I remember rightly, he was the one that pulled a gun on Jeff Jarrett. Um, that that was the angle. Um, Jeff was was making little person jokes at him, and puppet pulled a gun on him. Um, this one's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There's, not enough, there's not enough guns in wrestling, I, I think. <laughs> I, 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 I was flagged that as like, well, if it's no disqualification, you're in America. How hard, how hard is it to, to get a sidearm? The fact that that's never happened in like their WWE is shocking, considering all the some tasteless stuff they've put out over the years. Yeah, they've never had a gun. The closest you've got is a uh, the whole Pillman Austin thing. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah, and that's. Yeah. I suppose I think they got bitten with that, didn't they? So that's probably why they're mm, cut that, cut that. Um, the old, uh, was it like um, the Office US? Michael Scott, he's in improv classes. I don't know if you watch the Office US, but I, I do. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he's he's his go-to thing in improv classes is having a gun. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, there's there's ways to get around it. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Danny, Danny DeVito with his his uh, his gun in Always Sunny. He's always got his you know his, his piece, you know. Um, right, this is this is taking a turn, so we'll we'll kind of move move away from that. Um, so outside of we'll get we'll get to your first match. Don't worry, we are going to talk about it. Uh, but I'm talking about what kind of what you're doing during lockdown instead. Sure. Um, the other thing I noticed that you're quite into is your gaming. You're quite big into yeah. gaming as well. So, yeah. uh, what was your kind of first console? What was your first love? What was your What's your, what's so, your jam? 
So my first console I actually still own. Um, it's in, uh, I don't think it's in this room, it's in one of the other rooms, but it's a Commodore Amiga 500, um, which was my brother's console. My, my brother's not a gamer, but he had an Amiga and I got it. Um, so I had that, loved it. I had games like, uh, I had Lemmings, uh, a Ro the Robocop game, which I think is actually impossible to finish because of the way it's designed. Like they don't, the time limit expires. And there's no way to actually uh, beat it. Games like Worms, Desert Strike, you know, uh, I think I had Cannon Fodder for it as well, Speedball Brutal Deluxe 2, um, games like that, brilliant. Um, and I've basically, like, I've, I've had a sort of, a, apart from my PS5, because I've still not been able to get one, but I've had a, like, a console every generation since, so moved on to SNES, big Mario fan, uh, then jumped ship to the PlayStation, PS2, da, 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 da. but I filled out, I basically filled out all, my, all the Nintendo consoles that I missed as I was going, so I don't think there's a Nintendo console I don't own, apart from a Virtual Boy, because I'm not made of money. Um, but yeah, uh, I remember, I've got a really fond memory of uh, getting a Super Nintendo, I've still got the box for it even, the, got a box Super Nintendo, <laughs> That's uh, like it's like a Mario All Stars theme, and I just remember like wasting so much time on that, just like being absolutely enamored. I was like, "Oh, games are never gonna get, look any better than this, man!" Like we, uh, like six, seven year old me, whatever it was, just loving it. But, yeah, that's 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 what I, that's what I did play when I was uh, wee nipper. I remember when you're talking about like graphics, and I remember uh, when I grew up, I had uh, I had a PS, I had a PlayStation, and had uh, Attitude. I didn't have Warzone, I had Attitude first mm. of all. And um, I thought, oh my god, this is amazing! I'm gonna get SmackDown. I got SmackDown, and it—I was blown away by the graphics. And I've still got SmackDown. I bought it again recently. Put on, put it in the PS3, turned on, and went, "Why did I think this was the best graphics ever?" This is yeah, absolutely. Like the, the sort of PlayStation N64 era is very polygonal, um, <laughs> and it, it is—it it becomes very obvious when you go back and play them that ah, this this was our first time doing 3d modeling wasn't it um so you know there a lot of those games are very much off their time and th i feel like the games like rayman you know the, the 2d side scores those are the ones from that era that sort of up the best although Mar mario 64 weirdly still like i think because of the sort of aesthetic of it that you know that hides it a wee bit better um but yeah, my, my tastes have evolved somewhat. I've still got a Switch. I still play all, all that stuff when I've got a moment. I'm working my way through Super Metroid right now uh, for the first time. Never played it before, um, which is bizarre. Um, but, you know, big big Resident Evil fan, big Souls fan. Um, I would say I'm a Silent Hill fan, but I've, there's not ever going to be another Silent Hill, so whatever. Um, made peace with that now. Uh, big horror fan. Um, playing a game cut right now, um, which I think it's still free on PS Plus for a few days. Uh, a game called Deep Rock Galactic for anyone that's listening. Um, it's fantastic. It's honestly, it's like two gigabytes and it's a co-op game where you and three other, you play a dwarf, a space dwarf who's going to an alien planet and you have to do, like, your mission is you mine like 200 disc minerals or you collect fossils or you collect alien eggs and the bugs that live on that planet are trying to kill you. And it's so simple, but it's so much fun. Uh, so there's a there's a recommendation for anyone that's uh, looking for something uh, fun to play it with some pals. That's the thing, find finding pals. I mean, I play Fortnite now. I, I, I somehow I ended up 
and I never wanted to play it. Didn't want, started last year. If you, if you asked me if I was playing it, I would have went nah. And now here I am, uh, plowing so much time into it. Uh, but you know, no, yes, it's, it's finding like all these like things that come up, going, oh, do this with your friends. Like, I don't hmm. want to. Give me, give me peace. I want to do it myself. <laughs> yeah, but, like. I feel I do feel like sort of single player games are getting overlooked a little bit now, which is why when Resident Evil Village came out, I was so glad that it was just you know it was just a silly Resident Evil game, uh, you know, with a you know like a, an eight-hour story mode or whatever it was. I was so happy to see that. Um, so, but I think especially through um, like my, my partner's also a big gamer, and that's a lot of especially over the pandemic. Like a lot of our by the times we spoke would be on PSN or, or, you know, whilst we're playing, uh, you know, Warframe or, which is another one, apparently I sunk 650 hours into that last year. Um, I don't know how much of that was me, like, going away to do something else and leaving it running in the background or and how much of that was me just trying to grind out one particular item. Um, but it does help when you've got someone, you know, like that that you're particularly close to and that's one of their big interests as well. So yeah, I don't feel particularly bad about my 572 hours on Fortnite now. Just after hearing that, but again, I'm I'm thinking of the same thing. It's, I don't think it's just all me playing. I think it's idleness is quite a lot yeah. of it. Uh, just yeah. just like starting up and then coming out and it still whirs in the background on the PS4. So yeah, because there's there's so many times like we we just forget about the game and just be chatting away about nonsense and then it'd be two hours later and be like, oh right, yeah, we've got oh, got a mission to do. Yeah, so there's a lot of that in it, but we did play a lot of it. Like, so I'm not making excuses, like, especially like when there was nothing else to do. Like, we just played so much of uh, so much of that game. Uh, but no, you, you did mention, yeah, your, your your tastes have changed. So, yeah, Mario and Resident Evil, quite, yeah. quite a bit different. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm just waiting for the crossover. Yeah, I mean, nowadays, who knows? They, they could, they could, it could happen. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not big into like Resident Evil franchise at all. So, I, 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 I could make a joke here. But I have no idea where I'd go with it. I wouldn't even know where to start. I don't know if they collect stars or Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, no. The best the, the best thing to do to sort of give you a, a beginner's guide to making Resident Evil jokes is you can find a supercut of the bad cutscenes from the original PS One game, where they're number one they're terribly acted, and number two some of them are live action. So they actually had people dressed up like you know as Chris Redfield, as Wesker, as as Jill, um, and oh boy these. Bless them, these actors, they tried. <laughs> I'm not sure I could have done a better job, so I just want to preface it with that. But oh boy, that like it became a bit legendary. The uh, the voice acting in that game is special. They made the choice, and uh, they did. They did. Uh, right. Let's let's speak about the first match then, because okay. I think I think we've I've, I've teased people long enough uh, <laughs> that have gone through this, and and we haven't spoken about enough enough about Joker's thing to really. But anyway, we'll get into the first match. I think that's that's what people are going to be listening for. The showcase was supposed to happen before the pandemic. Uh, I can't remember when. I did have it written down somewhere, but then it, it got it was May at some May. point. Um, got cancelled, of course, for obvious reasons. And then, of course, we got into twenty twenty. What year is it? Twenty twenty one. That's the yeah. year. And showcase is being is is coming. It wasn't really announced. I don't know if, if it was just. In case it didn't happen, they didn't really want to to put people's hopes up so much. Uh, but it happened. When did you find out that you were going to be actually getting to wrestle for people? So um, I'd been due to the like the nature of the job that I 
that I'm currently doing, I hadn't been at training as regular as I would have liked. I was getting, I was doing a lot more sort of one-to-ones coaching with Andy, um, or one-to-one, or, or get, or, you know, a couple of folk if they had a morning off, they would come and you know give me someone to sort of grapple with. Um, and then I think it was maybe about a month out, Andy was like, "Oh yeah, we're putting a showcase on." I was like, oh, "All right, cool." And he's like, "Yeah, so we've got you in a tag match." I was like, oh, "Okay." cool um so it was it was kind of a sort of casually out of the blue um and i was like right okay okay um so it, it wasn't a lot of like a lot of preparation it was it was literally like a month a month out i would say at, at most where we found out that we were uh we were we were going live and uh what did, did you have gear prepared or was it a month out you're thinking oh, no i i unfortunately I'd, I'd already gotten gear um Purely because I just wanted to be be prepared, um, and yeah, um, so I had a little bit of gear, um, not fully there yet. It's not fully what I want it to be yet, but I had a pair of wrestling trunks that I could I could wear, um, so from there it was just more like what I was interested in was like number one who am I tying with, but then number two who are we going against. Um, so yeah, uh, and, and that chopped and changed a lot because there was in December there was, there was a lot of COVID uh, issues going around, and people taking precautions, people unfortunately uh, suffering from it. Um, so the card got changed around a lot, um, and it wound up being Mr. Berry who stepped in to be my partner. And we were teaming up against uh, Maverick. It was supposed to be just us, uh, two on one against him. Um, and then he cheated, and he he was allowed to get another partner, which I didn't sign on for. But you know, he, he got Brent, and, and and Brent did a admirable job of you know, uh, you know, uh, attempting to stop us. Um, didn't work. Uh, you know, fair, fair play to him. He'll, he'll, he'll probably have some excuse, but you know, um, you know. I, think, I think I'm due to have him in, in, in a few episodes' time, so I'll, I'll find out his thoughts. What, on what a treat! It's, it, it says a lot that, I, that we beat him so bad that he left the country for a bit. Um, so, yeah, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, no, it was uh, it was something like we were. I was equal parts really looking forward to it, and equal parts like really nervous even though I know you know it, it it wasn't the largest crowd and a lot of it was people that we knew so it was like a safe environment there's still that part of me like you know uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tag in and then I'm gonna fall flat on my face and everyone's gonna laugh and then Nelson Muntz from the Simpsons is gonna appear and laugh at me and then um, you know I'm just gonna disappear forever uh, right off in the sunset but um yeah, so there's 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 a lot of conflicting emotions going around there. Before we, we talk about how you felt about the actual match itself, Redfield. So I think you've you've already told, kind of told me how it's it's from just from your chat about Resident Evil. Yeah. Um, so is there a particular reason why you picked Redfield in in particularly? Yeah. So um, I was I was talking about with some names like like I was mixing names up. Um, so. But the, the problem is they all just sounded... They were either kind of taken already or they just sounded like a lad that works, you know, in a regular job. 
Um, so I was, I was taking like Silent Hill protagonists and 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 then I was like, you know what? We'll just we'll do a share. We'll just we'll just have them on and then and that's and that'll do me. Um, and I picked that because the Redfields are the sort of the icons of Resident Evil. Uh, Chris in particular, who if you look at the designs for Chris over the last sort of every game he's been in, he starts off as like just you know sort of average sized dude to be like the Resident Evil Five version of Chris Redfield is literally Brock Lesnar uh, with a different haircut. Then they slimmed him down again for Seven, changed his voice actor, changed his hair color, everything, and then he was back to normal for Resident Evil Eight. No, no explanation, but. I just felt a, a character with that sort of evolutionary journey. Uh, I was I was just really drawn to the name, and I, I was just I was just like it was the one I was like that sounds the most right to me out of all out of all of them. Uh, I think I've already I've already spoke about it with Craig Berry, but it just means that your team was the Red Berries, which yeah, I enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah, um, yeah. You mean you catch me with a pun? Then I'm 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 going to be a fan for a very long time. Uh, so what what was behind the, the the Redfield loves you stuff then? Again, is this oh. stuff is this Resi stuff that I have no idea about? Where where, where did you? Oh, so so I'm uh, I'm a big sort of fans the wrong word, but I'm very very interested in conspiracy thought, uh, modern conspiracy thought, and the modern conspiracy theorists, and how that has all evolved from. So so you could argue that sort of modern conspiracy, and this this is, is going to be a tangent, but I'll, I'll try and keep it as brief as I can. Um, so modern conspiracy thought um, sort of, for me, originates around about the time that, that JFK was assassinated, which is why a lot of the, the sort of the comments I, I make as a character reference that, um, because just to compare two things, we've got um, the president who was, who was shot in broad daylight and a busy, you know, busy busy city and we have you know maybe two or three two or three pictures of it one video of it but no one can agree what happened no one knows what happened um and then you compare that to um and, and this is going to be really heavy but you compare that to what i would say would be the other big american tragedy of the last sort of 100 years which would be the you know the um, september 11th uh 2001 um where we have as many camera angles as you want, you know, if, if you wanted, if you were, if you were inclined, you could go and see that happen from, you know, every side of the towers, if you wanted, um, you could, if, there's no information about that visually on the day that you can't see. And again, we can't agree what happened. I mean, most people can, most people know exactly what happened, which is, you know, two planes hit the building, but there will be people there are genuinely people who sit out there and go, well, no, that was a hologram. Or, no, no, the plane was a decoy. There was actually, C you know, you, you know, and you go down that well. And I think the way these people get so convinced of their ideas and they move the goals, goalposts all the time, you, they say one thing, you say, well, no, that's that because that. Then it becomes, ah, no, but that proves that because this. And I just think the idea of someone who is constantly, um, you know, changing the goalposts like that it's like it's infuriating to watch because you're, no you're not you're not listening um so i coupled that with uh something else i'm really interested in which is it kind of goes hand, hand in hand with it uh, especially with QAnon right now which is the the formation of cults and cult leaders um and I, the the whole uh love you thing came from um there was a cult called uh love has one equals heart 
where the uh the girl that the girl that ran it was basically like a soccer mom and it was a whole like self you know you know we're, we're just we're, we just love everyone you know we just love everyone we love their money that they're giving us but we love everyone you know um and she actually um she died because she took uh, a lot of colloidal silver uh to prevent against covid which, which didn't work for some reason um they prevented covid <laughs> well yeah yeah that's true that's true so for me, it was just, it's trying to mesh those sort of themes together of, you know, because I always said, I li like, the idea of Alex Jones going crazy about frogs being gay is hilarious to me. The actual mindset behind it and why he does it, less so, but, you know, that clip of him losing his marbles over frogs is just, like, every, everyone knows what that is. And I'm for me, I just want to try and marry up the idea of, you know, doing this without you know the sort of the right wing you know connotations and just try and make someone who will literally be like you know we're having a you know there's a conspiracy theory about this um I, like I, I did a promo uh sort of last minute to promote the um you know the showcase where i sort of suggested that uh the, the covid pandemic was engineered to stop me from debuting that sort of thing you know someone who says something so outlandish that you can't argue with it but uh, you, you know, uh, so that, that, that's they, what they, I they say with such there. confidence and conviction that he, yeah, there's no point in arguing with it. Yeah. it's yeah, the it's, it's the Roddy Piper. Uh, uh, just when you've got the answers, I change the question. Yeah, yeah, you just change the goalpost, or or, 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 or like McCarthyism, where you know you, you just tell a lie and you tell it. You know, bit, like loud enough and often enough that people start to believe it, or always do start to believe it. Um, so that 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 was the sort of origins of that. Um, we had a we had a promo contest. We had two promo contests actually. Um, whilst we were in lockdown, that's something else Andy did with us. Um, I think I, I know Craig mentioned that as well. Yeah, we shot himself at Comic Con. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's that's where um, that's where the whole um idea came from. Uh, I was just toying around with, idea, with ideas, and that's where like the whole uh, Redford Loves You thing came from. Um, and it was just it was just one of those things where like I, I said it, and everyone seemed to like it, and I was like, well, well that's that's that sorted, you know. So there we go. Your first merch and, and down the line as well. Excellent. Uh, right, let's talk about the match then, because yeah. again, I, I I reeled people in and then threw moot with with uh, conspiracy theories, which. You did say you'd speak about because when you quote tweeted the, the question thing, I did, and I, 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 my, my partner would be very um, just just to show like the sort of frequency which I do talk about these things. Um, I was running my mum and dad up to Aberdeen for some reason or the other. I think they have family up there, so they were they were wanting to see them for some reason. And I jokingly said, "Oh, but don't worry, I've prepared like I've got five podcasts here all about the JFK assassination," and they just sort of did that whole like. Okay, like the sort of resigned. Oh God! And then I was like, I'm, I'm joking. But the idea that they thought I would actually make them do that is, um, you know, apparently not that far from the, you know, from reality. Apparently, so, um, yeah, um, yeah. Just, just, just don't get me started on uh, on that stuff. I, I will not stop. Um, well, we'll, we'll we'll get into another time, I'm sure. But yeah, the match itself. Then, so as you said, Redfield, Big Berry, um, and you defeated Maverick and uh, Brent Carter as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what were your what were your initial thoughts 
of the match uh, as enduring or after were you quite happy you didn't fall on your face when you got yeah the- yeah um like like in all honesty i was just happy to get through it without um basically to get through it really um is, is the best way i can put it um you know me uh brent craig mav like we were all i believe in that initial intake uh in, in 2019 um so it, it was nice in a way there it, you know we've all trained together we all, we all trust each other um so we, we knew what we were doing we knew what we wanted to achieve and looking back on it you know we all did what we wanted to do and we all did it well um so it was it, it, it was nerve-wracking but then watching it back it, it was you know it it hit the way we were we wanted it to hit so so now you've got the taste for actual being in front of a crowd it was I've, i hear from a lot of people that when you go out as soon as you go out you kind of just switch it on and that's you uh you're, you're ready to interact with the crowd whether you need to or not uh, did you did you feel that or did you think- yeah I, I, yeah absolutely um I, I was very much like sort of you, you know um I think Craig mentioned this as well. There were, there were kids uh, in the front row who, who really hated him. Um, he said me as well. I, I, I don't think I don't think they hated me. I don't, I don't think anyone can hate me. Um, but um, <laughs> now nah, they were giving it they were giving it to us uh, pretty tight. Um, and you know, even though there wasn't a lot of them, you know, it was just nice getting a, getting the sort of desired reaction. Um, so yeah, um, it was. Uh, yeah, you, you don't really, you, you don't, you, you don't really think um, about what's happening. You just sort of, you do go into a wee bit of autopilot and you do sort of uh, take over. Um, you know, all, all the worry does sort of go, and the sort of adrenaline kicks in, and you're like, right, okay, well, this is happening now, and you, you, you just, you just go with it, really. So one match, and then of course, I'm assuming you're not in, in going right put my CV to all the promoters now. I've done my one match. I'm, I'm ready to go. But is there anywhere that you want to get to in the near future? Yeah, so there's, I mean, the one thing that Andy has, has been, I'm saying the one thing, one of the things that Andy has been really good at, because he's, he's been really good with us in a lot of ways, is putting us in, in touch with, with different, uh, you know, promoters. So I've, I've, I've crewed at Discovery before. I've, I've you know, I helped uh, build the ring, build a steel cage there once. Um it's honestly been one of my favourite promotions for a few years now. Um, I think Alan does a tremendous job. Um, he gives people a chance as well. That's something I've noticed. He he will take a chance on someone if he personally sees something in them. So like even you know you know he was bringing up guys like like uh, Chris Ridgeway. Um, I think he was one of the first bookers in Scotland to bring him up. It might Bridgeway might have been an ICW first, I'm not sure, but he was definitely in disco. Um guys like G Money, um I think the only the only place you would have seen him really regularly up here Discovery. Um Martino. Uh so he does that. He'll, he'll, he'll bring in people that he sort of trusts. Um and he'll he'll, he'll, he'll use them. But then he also has uh you, you know he's not afraid to bring in the elite or you know uh I think he's got Mark Haskins even uh coming soon um guys like that so it's a good mix it is a really a really good mix and i'd say if i had one goal um it would be i'd i'd, I'd want to follow in the footsteps of, of um we had uh tommy tommy cartel uh beth shorty and uh frank gallo uh they were on a pre-show for discovery um that would probably be my my sort of that's, that's my sort of 
short to mid-term goal is to, to be, in, be in a stage where I'm at, at least being considered to do something like that. And, uh, what would be the, the dream opponent then? Uh, again, this is we'll do a big fantasy WrestleMania main event question to finish up, but um, who would be guys you'd immediately want to get in the ring with? I'm assuming Andy, of course, would be. Um, uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. Andy would be safe as houses. Um, a guy that I have a lot of respect for um, and who I think I think I would work really well with would be a guy like uh, uh, Caleb, Caleb Valhalla. Um, I, he's a little bit smaller than me, but it would be okay. Um, we would, uh, uh, Caleb, Caleb would be good. A guy like Ta- uh, Talon Jr. is a tremendous talent. Um, I'm going to throw a curveball, actually, and I'm going to suggest uh, people that I would actually like to wrestle. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw a little bit of a... Uh, go outside the box of it and I'd also say um, purely because I've trained with her um, Harmony Sky is another phenomenal young talent um, the sky is the limit there's, there's a pun for you uh, for her but yeah no, she's she's tremendous we've, we've trained together uh, a lot um, and we'll throw Ashley Vega's name out there because I've got a lot of respect and, and Jason Reed as well actually so there we go um, there's good hands guys, get you going. yeah guys, guys and girls that I feel like I would I would at least be able to, you know, hide hide my my creaking bones and make me look like a professional wrestler, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah. But no, I, Harmony Sky. Of course, I've, I've spoken to her twice now on this podcast, and we plan to try and make it an annual thing. We'll do a wee catch up and see how she's getting on. And uh, the 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 the, tw- the difference in twelve months is ridiculous yeah. between her making her act because I think spoke to her spoke to her because I was just. Not told to, but that many recommendations to get her on. She hadn't even debuted. Yeah, I thought, I'm gonna have to speak to her, and she's great, really nice, really timid. And then a year later, we spoke to her again. She made her debut. She'd been wrestling everywhere, and this this person was just a hundred percent different. Same with Ashley yeah. Vega. Yeah, it's it's really nice to get, and as well as creating yeah, getting all these guys on from right around the start when I started the podcast and listening, getting them on again and going. Jesus, the, this is amazing. The, the sort of the the, the, the growth of Harmony into, you know, as a person as well as a, as a wrestler has been wonderful to see. Um, she actually won, well, I mentioned promo tournaments before, she won the first one and it's like, not that we didn't think she was capable, but the promos that she was cutting like came out of absolute nowhere. It came out of left, like sort of left field for me. Because um, we knew she, like, we knew she, fantastic in the ring. Um but then she's starting to translate that into the character as well. And I, I think she's a name that we're going to be hearing a lot more of. Um, but, you know, I'd be very shocked if we weren't because, um, and yeah, there's just so many names like that in FBW. I've mentioned some of them, but you've got um, you've got Ross Hunter and, and, and Robbie Balfour as well. Um, they're making a name for themselves now. Two young lads who are extremely talented, uh, I've, met, I've mentioned Talon Jr. I've mentioned uh, you, you know Caleb as well. Like Caleb was a name obviously before he started training with us, but the, you know the, the the amount of people that are coming through FBWA and they're maybe on their way, but then they're you know they're, they're training with Andy, they're training with Stu, they're training with you know guys like Jason Reed, guys like. Um, you know, you, you know, talent, and they're, they're, it's sort of it's it's honing them, it's making them better versions of themselves. I'd say that I'd say everyone that's that's walked through that door is, is you know, 
a better version of themselves than, than they were before they started training. Yeah, that seems yeah, just to round off the some of the rough edges as well a little bit. Yeah, like, like, a, like you're saying, like a Caleb came from uh, WrestleZone originally, and uh, there you go, everyone, because your WrestleZone mentioned a podcast. Uh, and you got guys that came from W3L as well and came with with uh, with Stu. So um, mm. yeah, it, is, it seems to be a nice way. And of course, Andy's he's now got a, a in with NXT UK. He can bring yeah. back what he learned. So it's absolutely it's a, yeah, it's a really great place to kind of finish all that off and, and get you all ready for the big wide world of, of pro wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll ask our stupid questions because we, we, we always do. Um, okay. So the first question we ask everyone is, what's your favourite dinosaur? Okay, well, um, th- this is where I try and not go off on a tangent because I actually have a uh, Bachelor of Science with Honours in Zoology. There we go. Yeah. We've got a professional on podcast so, for last for, I think it was, it was either second or third year, I wrote an uh, answer for an exam that wound up being about 10 pages long um, on the difference between bird-hipped and blizzard-hipped uh, dinosaurs. Um, so I would have to say, on the basis of that, in my professional opinion, an ankylosaur is probably my favourite. Because, you, you know, taking that thing down, like, it's it's literally just a suit of armour. Like, it's it's hardy. The one looks like a armadillo kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's got like a it's got like a tail with like a basically a, like a, a mace on the end of it, like like it's it's unreal. Um, so yeah, that's that's my favorite. It's fine. Uh, we've got also our question we ask is what win the fight two sheep or one cow? How big are the sheep and how big are the cows? See, right, okay. I think it's the first time I've had to do it this this season. Uh, that's the question. I you can use your imagination any way you wish after that. Right. Okay. Um, because you you you've got to imagine a sheep aren't going to do a lot of DPS, and a cow would trample them. So unless the sheep are like genetically engineered to be bigger somehow, the cow wins that fight nine times out of ten. Um. So yeah, cow. Uh, cow uh, analytical, logical. That's fine. I'm not going to argue with that at all. I'm still. I'm still after. Coming up to two years now of asking this question, I'm still believing in the two sheep. I just, I think it's just in my heart. I think it's maybe because I'm too close to Aberdeen. I mean, there's there's so many variables there. Um, not not to turn it into Jordan B. Peterson, but what what is a cow? What is a sheep? How do we measure what a sheep is? Um, but you're only the you're only the second person to to really call out this question. The first was Joe Hendry. That's a steamed company. I find myself, and I'm not I'm not I'm not arguing with that. Uh, no, he he didn't. I don't think he answered the question because he kept asking additional questions with it. <laughs> Brilliant. I don't have any more information. This is the info. Um, so uh, I think yeah. Jeez, well, time. I didn't realize uh, that we'd we chatted so long. And like I say, uh, we've only got so we've only got so many mentions of Joker's thing uh, in our, in this particular episode. But uh, before we we kind of wrap up, then we'll ask the last. Uh, question i'm trying to get as our last question even though i'm 10 episodes in i think i've only done it maybe four times fantasy match so your career however it's gone vince mcmahon he's still alive he's 140 uh he's he's called up and he's given you the main event of wrestlemania uh or whatever the big show is he's bought aw your revolution all in whatever uh you get to pick your opponent or opponents and the match of your choosing what is it so i have to defer to Biggie Langston on this one. Um, I, I, I've got to, I've got to sort of think. Well, what what do people want to see from a WrestleMania main event? 
Okay, and what they want to see is to quote Biggie, big meaty men slapping meat. So I'm going to take that match that he wants. He wants Biggie versus Goldberg. I'm going to throw me in there as, you know, much larger individual as well. And there we go, triple threat for whatever the main title is now. I, I, I genuinely have no idea. Um, filling to this meaty sandwich. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll go with that. That's 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 the, yeah. That's the that's the point we're ending on. I think that's yeah. that's a good one. <laughs> uh, anywhere from there. No, no, I don't think we can. Uh, so, thank you very much for joining me today. Where can people find out about Redfield on social media? So, my Twitter and my Instagram is both uh, at Redfield FPWA. Um, I don't have much else to be honest with you. Social media wise, I don't have Facebook. Um, I don't have the TikTok. I don't have people or MySpace or whatever social media uh, is in right now. Um, I did I did a sort of big cleanse uh, not too long ago. Um, well, probably a while ago now, but I've, I've basically got those two accounts and that's it. Um, so yeah, so at, at Redfield FPWA and also uh, just just to, to plug it here as well. Um, if anyone listening isn't, you know, training and is interested in the Fife area, I can't recommend FPWA enough. Um, Andy, uh, Stu, uh, Hannah, they're so welcoming. Um, you know, Andy does individual classes as well. Uh, just, you know, one-on-one classes or, or group classes. And there's an all-female, females-only class that he does every month. Um, so if it is something that you've ever considered, it's such a great, great atmosphere, um, and I'd highly recommend anyone even thinking about it. Just try it. You've not really got anything to lose, so you can find them. I think they're just FPW Asylum. I think it is on Twitter and, and Instagram. You'll find them. We we, we tweet we, we retweet them all the time. You'll find them. Perfect. Well, again, thank you very much for taking the time to speak this day. No, uh, thank you for having me on, man. You have a you have a pleasant evening, and Redfield loves you.